You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. Hey you, welcome to episode 90. Today, you're going to meet a powerhouse woman named Rhonda Delaney. Like so many of us, Rhonda is one of those type A, go-getter, never stop improving and growing kinds of women. Of course, this means that she and I fully understand each other, and I'm positive that you will find many points of identification as well. Rhonda doesn't have a pedigreed education. She started at the bottom of a local family-owned business in the accounting department, because that's how she could get her foot in the door. Sound familiar? And was willing to learn anything and everything to get the organization to a place where it could grow, and grow it did. In fact, she did such a good job that she became the go-to person for the entire company and ended up second in command. It was so profitable that like any good business owner would do, they sold the company. Now, I'd love to tell you that the new owners saw Rhonda's amazing leadership skills and wisely put her in charge, but alas, they did not. You saw that one coming though, right? This story is sadly familiar. They used her expertise, then showed her the door. Too young and too smart to give up, she took a deep breath, evaluated what skills she had on the table, and started over as the people gardener. Here's her incredible story. Hey, Rhonda, welcome to the show. Good morning. Excited to be here. I am so happy to have you here. I love um, I love your business name. I, I love your, your spunk. I love the idea that we have very similar goals in mind that I work with entrepreneurs up to a certain point. You work with teams. So I've given a brief intro. Would you mind taking just a few minutes and telling us a little bit more about you, anybody who hasn't heard about you yet or heard you, um, and tell us what you do that's kind of unconventional in your leadership? Well, short story, I am 63 this year mother of three daughters, grandmother to six wonderful little beans. I was canceled out of my job at 58 and I was too young to retire. And so here I am. I created the People Gardener Principle and I help new business owners, new teams to use my gardening tenants (laughs) to actually create this awesome group of raving fans. So that's it in a nutshell. So you actually, gosh, you just like hit ding, 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 all these little, and this is one of the things that um, resonates between you and me is that we both have tenants. You have your gardening tenants. I have my intentional optimism tenants. They are a little bit similar, but they, I alluded to it a minute ago. They are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us your story about being quote unquote canceled at 58 I think this is way more common than people want to talk about. And the more I learn about women's history and women's empowerment, the more I see this happening, even without someone losing their job. Right. So tell us what you mean by you were canceled. Well, let's, let's preface this with my darling father has, uh, identified me as his precocious daughter my whole life 
Okay. So we'll start with that. I started at a company. Okay. I was there for 15 years. I worked in the accounting department for five years and uh, I can do numbers. I did books. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I put my hand up every time there was a project in another department. So for five years, I did my day job in probably a couple of hours and the other six, seven hours that I was there, I was working in other departments. And so I came to know the company really, really well. I knew everybody in the company. I knew how all the other departments work and I became that go-to person. If somebody needed something done, they would come to me. She'll figure out how to get it done. She'll make sure it gets done and it kind of a systems and I would get teams of people together and okay, we can get this. Mm -hmm. So for five years, I did that. A new president came in and for the first year, I funneled him all sorts of information from the accounting because he wanted to understand the company. And he said, Rhonda, I need you in the sales department. So I was a sales department manager for seven years. Mm. And then he moved me to operations where I looked after five different departments. Wow. So I was number two in the company. I had been there for 15 years. The company was bought by a private equity firm. They came in as often happens and they started messing with my people and they started messing with my customers and they started messing with the systems and being the precocious person that I am with a very vested heartfelt mm. uh, part of my being in this company. And what we had done, I mean, we took it from $250,000 of profit to 3.2 or 3.3 million mm. in 10 years. And I mean, this was like, we had a well-oiled machine. Mm. So I was pretty vocal. And uh, yeah, I was 58. You'd think that I would, uh, would have um, understood how to present information in a way that might not put up walls. But the reality is they didn't want to hear. They wanted to do it their way. So uh, if I'm totally honest, I did help them come to the conclusion that <laughs> Rhonda might not be <laughs> Rhonda might not be on board helping us do what we're doing, which is correct. I was I, I absolutely was not on board. Yeah. So I walked in one day and I got a call from my boss and he said, Hey, um, you know, the the mucky muck from the 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 investment company is here. Can you come on down to my office? I said, fine. This had happened before. Well, this gentleman had walked in, he printed off the separation paper and made my boss read it mm. to me. My boss knew nothing uh, about this. So that it was like 20 minutes there, clean your desk, mm. go out the door. It was kind of like, Wow. Okay. <laughs> I've never wow. been fired before. Mm -hmm. So this was, this was all, all new, but I have to say, you know, I think underlying, there was a part of me that, yeah, this might happen, mm -hmm. right? Because I was, I was very vocal. I was fighting for my people. I was fighting for our customers. Mm -hmm. We had a 72% return customer rate every wow. single year. We That's did amazing holiday gifting, right? And so these people, I mean, we got to know them really, really well. And they were they were messing with it. So 
In fact, I'll have to, I'll tell you exactly what I did. I left, drove to my daughter's who was in, um, she's about 20 minutes away, the one that lived the closest. And I said, I just got fired. She looks at me, she goes, what are you talking about, mom? And it was like, yeah, okay. And so I just took some time to think. So that's how that, that happened. And I took about three months to figure out, okay, so what are you gonna do now? You're too young to retire. I mean, seriously, I, 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 I never even thought about that. And I have been in leadership since kindergarten, seriously. You know, I'm I, all through school. I was a captain of every team. I was the organizer. I did direct marketing. I did multi-level marketing. I built teams. It's who I am. I love people. I love the, the interaction. I'm just interested and curious because human beings are absolutely amazing. Are they fascinating? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even so, just, even just in your story here, I'm thinking there's so much, there's so much fascinating information um, because how many of us have been in the situation that you're in on a smaller scale or that you were in on a smaller scale where someone has come in, even if it's just in, you know, the church VBS group or the, the PTA, you know, even if it's in a volunteer basis and somebody comes in and says, yep, we're in charge now and we're doing it different. And we're like, whoa, I own this. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And we become proprietary and, um, I am going to guess and just maybe speculate that the lessons that you learned out of your own experience, because you said to me, I might've helped them in their decision or made it easy for them. The lessons that you learned then folded themselves into what you teach and do in the way you work with entrepreneurs and their small teams. Um, is that correct? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I think for, for me, what I recognized was happening the the company that came in had no interest in understanding what they had bought. They had no interest, no curiosity. They came in and said, no, this is what we're doing. We're changing this whole thing. They, they were inches from bankruptcy within one year. The guy that was brought in was fired at the, at the, at the year. So their, their whole thing and these are Harvard educated people, supposedly knowing what they're supposed to be doing, but there was no emotional intelligence. There was no human intelligence or, or op operation. And one of the tenets of, of my gardening principle is being interested. Mm -hmm. So they had no interest and that became a really big thing for, for me. Yeah. And they had no care for the, mm. for the people, for the customer. Yeah. They, they just didn't, they weren't interested in supporting or nurturing or recognizing what was actually, what had actually been created that yeah. they had bought and they bought it because it was profitable. I know. I was going to say, if you took it from like 250,000 to three point something million, then it was yeah. a good sale. And there's yeah. a reason why you sell a company at that size, yeah. but really quick, just 
do you have any statistics? And I don't know them. Maybe this is something we could look up for later, but do you have any statistics on how often this kind of thing happens? No, I don't have any okay. statistics, but after this happened, yeah. it's, it's kind of like that, uh, you know, the, the neuroscience part of thing, you start seeing it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you say, oh, I'm looking for a yellow VW bug. And then you see them yeah. everywhere. Exactly. Um, so I, I think definitely, definitely ha happens and it's it's sad well and i think the, the point that i'd like to pull out here the very salient point is not only do we learn from all of that stuff you learned about yourself and you learned about how to actually and we're going to get to that in one second here about how to actually work with teams to help them do this right to mm -hmm. do it better but the other salient point is to be reminded that this can happen to anybody you were number two in the company. You had grown the company $3.2 million. Is that right? Um, so this can happen to any of us, no matter how big the organization. Um, it could be like I, my, I, all of my background is in university academics and medical academics. And you do a reorg in those and pe people are not needed. Um, yeah. But I've also watched people get quote unquote canceled out um, either my staff or physicians or researchers who are at a certain age where they're not learning a whole lot anymore and they may not want to learn a whole lot anymore. And so um, this is just a piece for me to reflect on later and I probably will, but um, I think that we need to hear that, right? We need to hear that it's not always safe just because we're in an organization that looks safe and we don't need to stick around in a situation where, you know, if, if you and I had been talking back at that time and I've been like, get out girl, what are you doing? Um, and I have friends who have literally just done that. They have literally jumped ship right before things started, like the hatchet started falling because the company was sold, but they've now found better jobs. And I think just to present the fact that there are options that we do have options. And a lot of times we forget that. Yeah. And the, the, it all boils down to choice. I didn't have a choice in this scenario happening, but I did have a choice in how I reacted, how I responded to it, how I thought about it, all of those, right. those, those areas. And I think for those that are listening to not be consumed with the act of being canceled, of being sure, sure. fired, of being moved, that kind of thing. But to just take a bit of time and look at it and say, okay, now what? Right. So let's talk about, you took three months and then you yeah. said, now what? And you now have a company called The People Gardener. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. And you and I have talked before. So it's like, oh, let's talk about that. Because there's so many great analogies and metaphors that can go along with that. So as you thought through it, maybe just give us a brief understanding of your really quick through your tenants and um, how you work with teams to actually Gar make gardens in their business, right? Right, right. Well, the people gardener came about because I'm an avid gardener. If anybody follows me on Instagram, it's the people gardener. And you'll see a lot, especially in my stories, a lot of mm -hmm. the yard and the garden and things that I've done. And what I what I discovered throughout through the years is so much 
of tending a garden, caring for a garden, transfers over into tending and caring about, about people. And so the people gardener principle uh, is to be interested, to care, support, nurture, and recognize. It's that basic. It's that simple. Right. Be interested. Be interested. Mm-hmm. Care, support, nurture, and recognize. And that's what you do in the garden. Like I, I told you earlier that we'd just come back from Arizona. Get everything out of the car. The first thing I do is I walk the garden. I go out and oh. I see. Okay, so what's happened since we were gone? Every day I go out to the garden and I look and see what are the plants doing? What are they telling me about themselves? Are they happy? Do they need more light? Do they need more water? Are they being crowded out by another another plant? Mm. And you as the gardener, it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure that the plants are happy and the plants are in the right space and getting the nutrients that they need. It's exactly the same with the team. It's your job. It's your responsibility as a leader, as a business owner, to make sure that people are happy in in the spot that you've given them, that you're actually not only giving them what they need to do the job you've asked them to do, but they actually want to do the job right. <laughs> like that. that mm-hmm. That's what they like. They like doing and that you are making sure that you're supporting them in a way that speaks to them, that you're recognizing them. I, I think you would you would agree there are people in this life that would have an absolute heart attack if you stood up in the middle of the office and hauled them up there and started pontificating about how awesome they were. <laughs> or do the, the dancing on the table, happy birthday song like they do at my son's school. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's people that, that would just be mortified. And there's other people that they would be up there and they'd be dancing, they'd be right into it. They'd be doing the Macarena. Your job as the leader to know your mm-hmm. people and you and to care about them and you can't get to that place if you're first not interested in them mm, yeah. as a human being. Mm. And and it's the same in the in the garden and I think in our last conversation I mentioned to you that something that a gardener understands is that when they when they plant a sunflower seed they have zero expectation that a rose is going to grow. Right. We as humans, for some reason, we expect people to be other than who they are. Right. And it's a really, really bad place to get to. Mm. So when you're leading people, really get interested in who they are so that you can accept them and nurture them and care about them as they are, not who you want them to be. To fit right. into this little spot that you right. think that you that you need someone, right. because people will excel when they're allowed to be who they are mm-hmm. and to use their innate, God-given skills. Right, and their their strengths. Yes. And you know, um, when I first my very first business manager job, um, I was hauled in and. <laughs> 
not hauled in. I was offered this opportunity. And then I was given like 30 people to supervise. I'm like, I thought it was going to be 10. And you and I agree on so many of these points. Um, and we just, I, I focus on more personal growth. You focus more on team growth. And um, so I think that our points go really well together, but I had at least immediately, I was told this employee you're managing out. I'm like, what? And this employee, you just need to make sure that she's, she's actually at her desk. I'm like, this is all we're expecting of these people. And granted the one that was managing out, I think that was just too far gone. You know, it's a little bit like the, the tree that's already kind of dying and you just need to like, let it, you know, um, and that one did actually happen. And it was sad for me. Right. I, Cause I care about people too much. And so, but the one who everybody said that she was a problem. And I just said, you know what? I, I cannot believe that maybe she just, and I used this term, that maybe she just needs a little sunlight, right? Maybe you've got her in, in the shade and she needs to be moved out in the sunlight. And by the time I was there for almost two years, and by the time I was out when I left, this was a very well high-functioning staff member. And when I left, they just went right back to, because I was in a huge institution, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. you just have to know that with big institutions, they the solutions are going to be cookie cutter unless you have a manager that is willing to buck that. And as the manager who was willing to buck that, it's hard and it's a lot of work and it's incredibly thankless. But when I left and that person went back under the cookie cutter management of we only measure outputs. We only measure, you know, then they went literally back to the exact same behaviors as before. And, you know, I heard stories like, well, they're back up to their old shenanigans. And I'm like, well, that's because you <laughs> pulled them out of the sunlight, you know, <sighs> or you didn't give them enough water, whatever it is, basically understanding, interested enough in them as a person to understand what was important caring about them enough, understanding what they needed, understanding that there was some, they needed some training in some areas and then be willing to just, this person needed one of those, like they might've had like affirmations as their love language or something. They needed a little bit of that sunshine blown up their skirt. Right. So, and I was willing to do that and it made a difference and no, I wasn't perfect. And I didn't do that with all of them. And I ended up begging to not supervise most of them, but, um, <laughs> But still, it just goes to your point. If we can say that about a flower or how many of us will say that about our pet, mm -hmm. but we're, for some reason, we're unwilling to do that with other people. And so I think this is a tender, beautiful example of how we can, from my perspective, live as an intentional optimist as a leader, right? Because it means that other people are always more important. Most most people that move into a leadership start a new business there's a component of fear and when there's fear and uncertainty you tend to go to rules and laws yes because we're looking because, for structure because yeah. you can control those right you're not in that ooh, this is an uncomfortable area and leadership is simple and my my acronym for simple is cultivating a safe, intentional, maximized 
people-loving environment. It's all about them. If you lead focused on your people, if you lead focused on being interested in them as human beings, having the absolute best experience possible yeah. in their job, those people become raving fans. And raving fans, let me tell you, they move your company forward. They, they grow your company. They, they make customers lifetime customers because they're mm -hmm. served so well sure. it's not complicated i mean when you think about us, us as human beings right yes there's all sorts of complex stuff that goes on in our body we want to be loved <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah we want to be nurtured we want to be cared for right i mean that that's an innate need yeah. that we have and it's been for aeons it's been demonized in the corporate world. Oh no, sure. you gotta be tough, no emotions, just, you know, bam, bam, bam. It's like, right. uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's give a little love to our people and right. show them uh, by our actions and inspire them through our words to believe that we love them as yeah. human beings that we care about them and we want them to be successful mm -hmm. in this company and that they they're welcome to come and share when they're frustrated let's say with with a process and this is driving them nuts it's causing them to be less productive and be open to hearing yeah and then trying to solve whatever that that right and not make them out to be the bad guy. And, um, and, and well, John Maxwell always says, and I think it may not be necessarily him ex expressly, but, you know, people don't really care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Yes. And um, this really matters, right? It's like you said, these guys came in with the Harvard stuff. Yeah. It's like, I don't care how much, you know, if you don't care about me, then I'm out. Right. Yeah. And people understand that and they feel that. And, you know, we, we actually give off that energy and people can see that and feel it in us. Um, so let's actually pivot here really easily and go back to, you said, I've been leading since kindergarten. Right? <laughs> I love finding out because the, the goal here, Rhonda, like I shared with you, is to help other women um, hear themselves in your story and see that they could potentially, even if they're in a situation where they haven't been laid off or fired, but maybe they've just been kind of moved off to the, the side, right? It's like, you just keep doing your thing. I know you're punching your clock until you hit retirement age, right? But they're, they want to be fulfilled. They want to do something new. Um, and I think a lot of times when we can hear other women's stories, we say, oh, I have that experience or I know what to do there. So let's go back to, if you want, kindergarten and tell me what is the earliest leadership memory that you have that, um, that really kind of gives you the sense that, yep, that was pure leadership. If you said kindergarten, I'm ready to hear it. <laughs> uh I think what's been the constant <clears throat> is the curiosity. What's going on? What if we did this? What if we went there? Grabbing people in, um, I can remember we had to, you know, hold hands and walk in a, in, in a line. And they, I was always the first one to jump up and grab someone's hand. 
and you know do the do the line when it came to uh, being on on teams I was because I, I think there was a, a certain amount of ego involved in it and yes I was bossy and yes I was you know a lot precocious of, a lot of, yeah, it just, it, it was just, just but we there. say those, I'm just going to, if we say those like they're bad words and they are not. No, no, so, no, my father teams, said it with huge love in his heart yeah. and pride. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, get out, get out there, but <clears throat> it's even now. Okay. What's the plan? Mm -hmm. That's, that's my, my first thing we're planning yeah. a a three or four month RV trip for our 40th oh. anniversary. Oh. And I've got my spreadsheet out. I've got this big map. Okay, what's the plan? Where are we going to go? And it's the same thing with with leadership as a as a kid in school um, on teams. It's like, okay, so what are we going to do? And it wasn't always telling them. It was asking the question. Okay, so what do you think? What are we going to do? Inviting input. And then more often than not, I would be the implementer. It's like, okay, we got this plan. Okay, this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to go. I was always the one planning mm -hmm. the parties, <laughs> planning mm -hmm. the, the, the get-togethers, making things happen. Right. Because being, I was interested in the people, interested in what was going on. I was curious about it. And so... I would venture to say a lot of the women that <clears throat> that you work with and that you're are your audience, there's a component of their life that they're very interested in. Sure. It could be family. It could be their job. It could be their um, sports. It could be art. I mean, mm -hmm. science. I mean, who knows? Books, who knows cooking. Is. Yeah. But they get get curious about it mm -hmm. and then open up to invite people people into that curiosity and then you start creating a community of of like-minded like-minded people so for I, I think i told you this before when i was younger i thought leadership was just telling people what to do you know making sure that you know we got from point a to point b and blah 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 and i've learned over the years it's a little more nuanced than that just a little bit yeah but the reality is it's not the telling people what to do. It's opening up the discussion to understand all of the information that we make a solid decision on what we do next. What's oh. the next, what's the next step? And in being the conduit that invites people to um, step into that curiosity of, okay, how do we solve this or what makes the most, the most sense. So yeah, that's and, and beautiful. I go back to what I talked about earlier, the five years that I was in the accounting department, it was the curiosity about everything else that was going on in the, in the company that led me to develop the understanding and the skills to be able to be an asset doing something that I love doing and moving on up in the company. You know, so many times, um, especially in really big organizations, that's most of my experience. When I was younger, I did have a few small business um, experiences and 
Those are totally different. They're like yours where it's like, oh, you want to do this? Let's try this thing and let's try that thing and let's try that thing. Um, but in a lot of larger organizations and in areas where I am, where there's one institution that is like the main employer for like the biggest employer in the whole state, other than the state, um, it becomes very simple to think, well, I can get it, my foot in the door and then I can move around and do all these things. I used to hire people telling them that, you know, get your foot in the door and then we can move you around. The reality is there's not a place to move around because everybody wants to get their foot in the door. And curiosity is rarely rewarded. And, um, you know, unless you're just in an, and there are a few, there are some departments or some places where that's just really, it's an anomaly. Um, and I'm always thankful when a friend of mine is in one of those. And I have several who are in them. I was never in one. <laughs> I never found one of those. Um, but just being able to find a place where you can move around like that is, is very nice. But even that beauty, that wonderful thing that was so nurturing to you and grew a beautiful garden for you crashed, right? It just, um, so, um, what I hear though, is that it's not, this is not just a story. This is a mindset that has developed over all your, all your life. And that the curiosity is that main takeaway and the main lesson that you've learned. Um, so when you were, fired, right? You weren't just laid off. These were separation papers. They just Mm -hmm. got angry and said, get out. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. I've been fired once. (laughs) There was, there was a lot of shame involved in that for me. Um, and there was a lot of righteous indignation. It was like, this was unfair, (laughs) but I was only like 25, 24 at the time. No, I was younger than that. 21. Right. So I look back on that now and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know that that wasn't fair, unfair. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That might've been me, but I think it's real simple in those kinds of situations to go to a dark place, but you spent, you said like three months. Um, so was this, um, I mean, you were always a leader, but, um, tell us about that realization moment when you thought, Oh, I actually could have something here that I could build a business on that. I could actually go into business for myself and do this thing. Kind of that leader realization moment where you kind of discovered your own mission and, you were ready to step up. Tell us a little bit about that moment. <clears throat> it, it became really clear to me, I don't want to work for anybody. You know, I'd spent 15 years working and it was like, okay, so no, I don't want to do that. I'm 58. I want to have flexibility, Sure. right? I mean, retirement, whether or not I retire at 65 or 80, it's still, <laughs> I wanted flexibility. I decided that the online made made sense. And when I was sitting thinking, okay, so what am I gonna do? It, it was, I know how to build teams of people. I've had years, 35 plus years, building teams of people, of happy people, raving, raving fans. And then doubt set in. Yeah, but you don't have a college degree. You don't have any certification. You're 58 years old. Who's going to listen to you? You know, all of that. Uh And I have a phenomenal uh, family around me that my parents are my biggest cheerleaders. My sisters are great cheerleaders. My cousins, everybody. So bouncing things off 
off people and really getting clarity on it is the new leader, whether that is a new business owner or a new leader inside a company that needs the foundation of understanding that leadership is simple and this is how you do it this is what you need to create and if you if you do the work your metrics that are measured by the company the KPIs and the ROIs and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. are going to go through the roof you don't have to worry about them because if your people are happy, if they're engaged, if they're actually doing work that's meaningful to them because they're working in their zone of genius, all of that's going to look after yourself. Absenteeism is going to go down. You're going to create phenomenal solutions because your team is totally in it to make it the, make it the best experience inside the company and for the customer. So it was, out on the patio, mm -hmm. <laughs> my laptop on the on the table, and uh, I created a, an online course. I created the framework. I I created so I do one on one coaching. Mm -hmm. I speak uh, mm -hmm. for organizations, and then I also have the the online course. It's called Leaders Grow First. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> we will most certainly link that in the show notes. Yeah. Leaders Grow First. I like it. Yeah. Um, so Rhonda, I know that with all these tenets that you have, um, you probably have a couple of principles that you live by. Most leaders have some kind of a principle that kind of guides where they go. I'm, I'm hearing a few echoes of things that I think you might say, but if there's one leadership principle that you said you lived by on a regular basis, what would that be? There's a few of them right there at the, at the, at the top, um, being interested I, that is a tenant for my whole life being interested um you you people can probably see i mean gobs of books mm -hmm. just being interested in life being interested in people being interested in um things that challenge me i'm learning how to paint <laughs> Right. Right. Uh, and so there's it being interested and something that I've said throughout. Well, since since I shattered my leg in a car accident when I was 20, which changed a lot of things in my life because I can't do athletics anymore uh, to to the degree that I that I did them. And it was this too shall pass. Mm resilience is a word that a lot of a lot of people would probably recognize what's happening right now what you're thinking right now what you're feeling right now what the scenario is right now is not forever it will pass right. so it's okay to have the feelings to have the thoughts but you can't live in them <laughs> sure and you know it's just like they being, if you fall down in a mud puddle, you don't want to stay there, right? Yeah. Um, you want to get up and go. Yeah. So well, and the, other, the other thing is we as adults, pride and ego messes us up so badly in so many, so many ways. 
because you look at a little kid. I mean, how many times do they fall before they figure out how to walk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I look at, I've been fired once. Okay, so you, you you don't even have your degree in getting fired yet. It's been once. Yeah, right. In your, in your whole life. Yeah. And yet that is a big thing. Well, yeah, it was a big thing. And yeah, it took a, a bit to process, but it's not a big thing. You turned it around. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any habits that you do on a daily basis that help you keep you in that stay interested mode? Um, I wouldn't say habit on a, on a, a specific habit on a daily basis, but it's the way that my mind works. Trevor, bless his heart. <laughs> He's been married to me for for 40 years. And I ask a lot of what if, what do you think? Just as part of our life. And that is the curiosity that is the being interested. So t- continuing to ask questions, not being yeah. shy about asking questions. And I ask a lot of questions. Every Good. Day. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we know too that that'll keep our brains young, right? So, um, so if somebody is in a similar situation that you were in or is a new, I mean, you can go either direction, right? If somebody's in your situation and wants to go into business for themselves instead of trying to find another job or to the new leader, um, maybe we're looking for, we talk here on this podcast about green flags, things that will help us recognize the direction we do want to go rather than the direction we don't want to go. Um, And you can pick one of those two areas and just, I mean, do you have a few green flags that our listeners could say, oh yeah, that's me or, oh, yep, I hear that. As far as leadership is concerned, the one of the green flags is when you're out and about having a thought about a person and something that they said that they were looking for, needing, wanted, and you're staring at that thing and thinking about them and sending them a text. That is leadership in my in my mind because you're out of yourself, you're not so consumed in your own world that you are recognizing things that are coming before you that would mean something to somebody that you're leading. Yeah. Happens happens all the time. For me, people are talking, your brain's taking in all this information. You're at the store and you see something that they've been talking about. You take a picture of it, you send it in the text. Hey, I just it's saw right this here. thought of you. <laughs> right? And that's what leadership is. When you're when you're in the trenches with your people, it is remembering what they've said because they will then know that you heard them because you actually demonstrate that you heard them by either a comment, sending them a text, um, sending them an email, sending them a card, that kind of that kind of thing. So if you if you do that. Sign, sign yourself up <laughs> for, for being a leader. Sign yourself up for being a new business owner because mm. when, when you can be 
focused on those that you lead, whether it's intentionally focused or sub, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, it's there because that's what's going to make the difference. Well, what's the next step you should take, right? Like you said, it could be a business owner or maybe it's somebody who is younger and um, hasn't really thought about being a supervisor or, I mean, what, what is your advice on what to do next? Look, look outward, choose not to be uh, completely inside yourself and your situation. <laughs> yes, you do have to address it. Yes, you do have to work your way through it. Like somebody that has been removed, somebody that's been fired. Okay, yes, process that. You're allowed to do that for a little bit of time, <laughs> but then you need to start looking outward. You need to start identifying people, people that are at a crossroads, something that I had to do. And it was probably the scariest thing that I've ever done. <clears throat> I was uh, inside a program and I had to mail 20, I had to send emails to 20 people. Those that I had worked with, those that were family, those that were neighbors, people that I didn't didn't necessarily interact with on a, on a regular basis. And I had to ask them to reply with the five things that came to their mind first that described how they experienced me as a person. Sure. So that was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> And they started coming, coming back in and the overwhelming was positivity mm -hmm. for, for, for me, but somebody that's in that section, go to the people that know you best and ask them what they believe that you're good at and then start ruminating on that. Okay. So what is my skill set? And whether you're in a job, if, if you're in a job, well, start working at sharing that more with the people that you that you work with. And if you're building a business or trying to decide if you're gonna go into business, well, listen to what those people are saying about how they've experienced you because there's going to be something that comes out that floats to the top. And that's, that's innately who you are. You talked right. earlier about strengths. Mm -hmm. Strengths are the things that we are. We mm -hmm. just are. Right, right. <laughs> And that's where you want to live, where you just are. Where it's where it's <laughs> so no work, easier. right? Where it's easy, where it just flows, yeah. right? It's the yeah. most innate. And of course, we want it to be the best R, of, <laughs> the best yeah. who we are, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So Rhonda, as we wrap this up, the best place for people to find you is? Uh, the best, well, the best two places, my website, rondadelaney.com. And then on Instagram, I'm the most active on Instagram at the people gardener. Excellent. And we will make sure we include all of that in the show notes and right. we will include your course in there as well. A great, um, a great tool for people is the workbook and challenge, which is my, my freebie. People can oh, download it. It's yes. just rondadelaney.com forward slash workbook. It's a, a 25 ways to be interested. It's a great start for people to just take the challenge and, you know, for five weeks each day, 
to take on one of those ways just to start building that muscle of being yeah. being interested because it's so easy to just want to protect ourselves right so yeah. i think that's great love it yeah. so the very last thing we always ask is what is the one thing that you can always be optimistic about even when everybody else might think you're crazy Hmm. I I, I want to go really broad here. Go for it. This is yours. And just and and just say life. People are amazing. Humans are amazing. And even when the situation may seem dire, ugly, all of that, this too shall pass. And the innate goodness of humans will prevail <laughs> it might take a little bit longer than you want but they will excellent you know what there's nothing wrong with having a positive outlook on humanity and especially now when there are times when we can look around us and very easily not have a very positive outlook on humanity. So um, Rhonda, thank you so much. Um, we will be doing a guest speaker series with you and they will have the opportunity. So y'all be looking for that. It will be out in the next uh, couple days or so from this podcast and they will be able to find out how exactly to work with you and get some really good nuggets on what you do and learn from you. Rhonda, thank you so much for being here today. This was just as delightful as I expected it to be. And <laughs> I, yeah, so thank you so much. Yep. You know, Rhonda originally connected with me over one of my podcast episodes about resilience. If that word doesn't describe her, I don't know what does. I wish her story of loss and heartache over her career, especially at midlife, was unique. Unfortunately, it's not. It's a little unpopular to talk about ageism in the workplace, but my friend, it is 100% alive and well. And I'll go into some of these thoughts in my next podcast episode. So side note, subscribe or click that plus button on Apple Podcasts to make sure that you get it automatically. There are so many things to celebrate though about Rhonda's story, but what I really want to do is point out how she exemplifies the tenets of intentional optimism. And I do this for every guest because we all live unique and different lives. And while what we do is different, intentional optimism is how we do what we do. It's the attitudes and mindsets that we employ and embody to live out our own goals and dreams with excellence. So let's talk about how Rhonda does this. We always start, of course, with optimistic. She's totally confident in her own experience and skills, giving her just the push she needed to turn around a really dark situation and literally produce a lovely, sunny garden. For present, curiosity is her thing. I just love that she plainly states it, be interested in everything. Energetic, her excitement is contagious. If you follow her on social media, your feed will be interrupted by hilarious yet helpful videos on how to move forward as a young or new business owner of any age. Courageous, whew, man, this one. Of course, her resilience resonated with me from the start, but her ability to take all her leadership experience and figure out how to train new leaders is just fabulous. Visionary leaders is 100% courageous. Rhonda's wisdom is both authentic and refreshing. She has some hard-won insights, yet she respects those around her and delivers everything with a smile and some really smart humor. And intentional, 
She's future-facing. There's no looking back for Rhonda. So whatever needs to happen, she's all in on making a plan to allow it to unfold. Rhonda is unconventional in her leadership because her passion to help you lead from a place of your own uniqueness is a reflection of her core values of curiosity, cultivation, and nurturing, which make her a great role model for every small business owner who wants to provide their team with a work environment in which they can truly flourish. Unconventional leaders lead at every level in any area using their unique gifts. Now, did you hear her own simple leadership theory? She's going to be teaching that in a mini masterclass on my live guest speaker series, June 23rd of 2022. So if you're on social media, you can get it live, or you can just find it on my YouTube channel afterwards. But don't forget to check out her free workbook, 25 Ways to Be Interested. You literally can't miss it when you go to her website. Easy peasy. Now, how can I help you? Are you stuck in a career that started out as a nine to five, but has become kind of semi-professional and yet you're still not fulfilled? Well, it could be you or your organization. Either way, you are where change begins. So let's talk. All my information is in the show notes. Just hop on my calendar for a 30 minute consultation and let's get you a strategy in place. Until next time. Hey, thanks for spending your precious time with us today. If you love this podcast and find it to be uplifting and helpful, follow us or subscribe. Then please take a moment and leave a review and one of those amazing five-star ratings. You can also snap a screenshot right where you listen, share it to social media and tag me. This helps others find us and will have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me, or to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, schedule a free discovery session and we'll chat. But maybe you're an entrepreneur looking for a support team. I'd like to personally invite you into my collaborative community, Launch from the Beach. It could be just what you're looking for. All of my contact information and all the links are included in the show notes. And don't forget, you can always connect with other intentional optimists in our Facebook community. You can follow my Facebook or Instagram page, or even connect with me on LinkedIn. Additionally, I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter, Optimistic Living. It's good stuff delivered straight to your inbox on a not so strict schedule, but always from the heart. Remember, unconventional leaders lead at every level, in any area, using their unique gifts. And you, my friend, are a leader. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations. Until next time.